Hello, everyone. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast. I am delighted that you have joined us, and I'm here with my dear friend, John. John, say hello. Hello, everybody. Or hey, or you can sing the song, or dance, whatever you want. Do dream the impossible dream. Let's move forward. Thank you, John. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for being part of this uh, tribe. Today, I'd like to talk to you about if you are in business, or if you specifically, you're a freelancer. I am in business. You are in business, you're a freelancer, or you're a solopreneur, you're an entrepreneur trying to, make, trying to make a living based on your knowledge, your skills, and the services and the solutions to, to your target audience, mm-hmm. right? And you have your message. Yes. You have your brand. You have your website. You may have a office space. You may have clients. You may have referrals. You may have satisfied clients. But there's one big problem. What is that? The problem is that the income you're generating from your from your business is not enough to sustain you in your life. Oh, yes. So, in other words, the outgo is more than the in-go. <laughs> yes. That, we can look at that as well. And this have prompted this discussion from an article I read from Entrepreneur Magazine, where an author talks about seven different things that you can do to make sure that um, you are just in your business, if your income is not enough to sustain you. And that's what we'll cover in this episode. Looking forward to this. How does that sound? It's going to be good for me. I'll be looking forward to what you have to say and also taking some notes about these types of things because this is the sort of takeaway that everyone can use who has the desire to become Mm -hmm. self-supporting. I just want to make sure I give a credit to the author of this article from which this um, episode has been inspired by. It's Carolyn Saniza Levine and she writes for the Entrepreneur Magazine. And this article originally appeared on Elevate. All right. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So number one. Number one is your current business area is lower paying than your previous corporate role. All right. And you can relate to this, John, right? Yes, I can. You've been an employee at Geico for how many years? 17. 17 years. That's, that's pretty decent, right? And that's a steady job. Every week, every two weeks, every month, you draw a salary. Right? That's right. Right? So, and then, and then you take a role of a freelancing, business owner, entrepreneur journey. And you discover that your income is much, much lower from what your corporate job was. I can give you a statistic here, yeah. too, that I think will have bearing on it, which is one of the reasons why I am involved as an entrepreneur in the business of communicating and creating a client base based upon giving very, very valuable costs. I mean, it has merit in terms of having value in terms of dollars and how to Mm -hmm. quantify. Um, But this is a statistic that is general in nature. Statistically, people with jobs will find that in most cases, the income level that they are making over a period of time until they retire, at this level, when they retire, the income level that they'll be receiving is only 40% of what they were making when they were working full-time. And if they have not found other means for which to have income, such as IRAs or pension plans or other forms of saving, or they've, in other words, there is definitely a pay cut for the individual. There are tax benefits to being on Social Security, but the downside of it is that you must live on an extraordinarily tighter budget. So if you have a lot of debt, you're automatically setting yourself up for tremendous failure. Right. That is the key point. So... If you, I was also working in corporate America uh, a couple of decades ago, if you can believe that. Oh, yeah, I know. I remember decades. you sharing that right. with me. And this is when you were living up north. That's right. That's right. Up north, All those people freezing up north come to Florida and visit us. 
uh, in Disney World. Uh, <laughs> right? And yeah, the Magic Kingdom. We, we, we are always uh, looking out for the Central Florida economy. By the way, that's a free plug for Disney, and you can send the check to us if you wish. Yes. Um, so when you work for a company, say Geico or bank or insurance company, mm-hmm. you have a steady draw. Exactly. A steady paycheck. That's a W. And, that's a W-2. Right. And that is based because you are part of a system, mm-hmm. a larger system that creates multi-dimensional, multi-departmental, complex products delivered to a client mm-hmm. that is has economies of scale. Mm-hmm. When you when you start out on your own, your clients may be mom and pop businesses. That's true. They may be uh, struggling entrepreneurs as well. Maybe somebody who's just starting on their journey or unable to pay you the fee that you command. Isn't there a statistic as to the number of individuals who actually own their own business as opposed to those that are what I call major corporations, conglomerates, and other types of things? There is a statistic. I don't have it offhand. But I think you look that up. I will look that up as well. So depending on your financial obligations and your financial situations, what you have to consider from this one point is that whatever you're making a corporate job, that's one thing. Whatever is the income you're producing per month, per quarter, per year in your business, you have to look, okay, is the financial remuneration, financial compensation all there is? Are there other benefits? Are there benefits that you are free to live anywhere in the country, free to live anywhere in the industrial world or anywhere in the world where you have an internet connection and you can work with clients remotely? You see? Yes. Like because of your skills, maybe you're an editor. Maybe you are a content uh, creator. Maybe you are a trader and you, a uh, financial trader and or a coder or, pro, or program developer, you can work remotely, can't you? You can work yes, you on can. the beach, you can work. That's the beauty of today's technology. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, so even though you were drawing a uh, paycheck and it was higher, now that you have substituted that lifestyle for the life of entrepreneur, you may have other benefits. You maybe for you, I have met some uh, friends and uh, business associates and partners. A woman who told me that she loves to spend time with her husband. That mm-hmm. they work together, and for oh, and for cool. her, uh, she she uh, they have a couple. Uh, I think uh, I think two or three kids. I don't know the exact number. And what she has told me and to others at the different meetings that we had together mm-hmm. is that for her, the biggest deal is to spend time with her husband every day at home or mm-hmm. in the office. And they're successful. I mean, they're small business, but they're successful. So for her, that is the real, real reward. Mm-hmm. And that's something you have to think about as well. So let's yeah. keep moving. All right. The second thing is that you left your corporate job or you don't make as much money. Uh, what you may be, the problem is maybe you're charging too little. Mm. Maybe you're charging too little. Um, for example, maybe you think, okay, for let's say you're a coach, right? Or, or you're a business consultant and uh, you don't have the, you don't have the, the chutzpah. The chutzpah? Chutzpah. Chutzpah, right, John? The chutzpah to charge larger amounts of money. You don't have the uh, confidence to charge a higher, let's say you do per hour work. Um, is that viable? Can you charge higher? Can you charge three, four, five times higher? Because I've heard the, it said that too often we underestimate our value. That That's correct. So the thing is you may be charging too little. Yeah. And I want you to think 
try maybe doubling your sales price or tripling or maybe even quadrupling it. Uh, and I'll tell you why in just in the later in this episode. Is it also possible that one could include in that not just trying that, but maybe also do a little bit of research and talk to people that are in a similar profession in the same situation and ask them, how did you arrive at the particular cost and fees that you have? In other words, for the industry, what would be a standard based upon this type of uh, product? That's right. That's, that's a start. That's a start of mm-hmm. an inquiry. That's research. That's right. Uh, that leads me right to the third point. Your costs may be too high. Mm-hmm. Your costs may be too high. Maybe you have an office space you have to honor. Maybe you have a website maintenance uh, uh, fees. What about legal fees, accounting fees? What about brand um, maintaining and man- maintenance and promotion fees? All those type of technology fees, equipment fees, right? Uh, you have a lot of uh, subscriptions, right? A lot of subscriptions. Um, I have subscriptions to video editing software. I had premium subscriptions and memberships to Business Mastery School, um, uh, Blogging School, Content Generation School. I mean, there was just so many memberships that I was carrying over a couple years. I agree. And I believe... I remember that. I remember you and I had this conversation once on a private basis and everything, and there was you suddenly realized in order for you to be more successful and to have a better operating system and a better uh, cash flow situation to be able to work at your best in your, uh, in your field of specialty, you had to give up some things Absolutely. because those things may be nice and may be beneficial, but the income stream could not support those. At that and time. that adversely affected your stream of income Absolutely. for business. Maybe when we look at, let's say, a premium membership, let's say in the business uh, business community. or I business, get those all the time, by the right. way. Premium. Just sign right. up for premium service. Right. You sign up for premium service. Well, there's premium Maybe, service. so you have to ask, ask yourself this question. Maybe the return on your investment is not that high right now. Right. Second thing is when in isolation, this service, maybe $49 a month, $15 a month, $29 a month, $39 a month. By itself, it may not seem like a big deal. However, in aggregate, when you combine this um, maintenance, let's say, you know, like a technology fee here, website maintenance fee here, uh, this analytics tools here, this video editing tool here, this business mastery uh, membership fee here, when you combine it all together, that creates a cascade. That creates a large avalanche of financial responsibility Mm -hmm. that you cannot maintain. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. So, I've been there before. I remember putting so, too much into something and it strapped me. So maybe those tools are nice and they, they may are. be uh, and they may be in the future interesting. And, and they might be in the future later when the income stream is stronger. But they impact, but can you afford to do without them right now? They impact your profits. They right. take away from your uh, this is this is the real concern. So that's mm-hmm. number three. Number four, your volume or your sales turnover is too slow. From the time you from the time you have initial conversation with a customer, initial not when they first become aware of you or they consider you or the, when you officially when you initially con- or touch point with that customer, whether in person through email or through phone or through mail, whatever is whatever is the map of your customer journey is, from the time that you initially talk to them to the time they make a decision, that period of time is too long for so, them to make a decision. So. They meet you, let's say, on January 1. Okay. Uh, and the first time they hear about you, make your offer. Uh-huh. They're already qualified. They can pay. They're in the market. They're looking for your service. And and they only buy in September 
of that year. That's nine months. Okay. So as a business owner, look at your business process, look at your offer, look at your solution. Can you cut that turn that that sales decision time uh, frame from nine months to let's say five months to six months to three months? Can you accelerate that decision process? Or, or maybe if not nine months, just cut it to five or six. That might be a little bit daunting if that person is actually fixed on a specific time where those purchases of that type are only done one month a year. Yes, then then look at your offers. Look at your business revenue. Look, look at the way that you can accelerate the decision process. Somehow, some way where you can shave off uh, a few weeks or maybe a few months. Now, could I toss in one other thing too? Would, would it be safe to say or at least relevant to say that part of the process of getting the individual to actually be ready to issue the payment and book the appointment is sometimes one of relationship mm-hmm. where you create a you create the type of relationship where it becomes very reciprocal mm-hmm. and you create that before you even actually presented the product uh, yes yeah, so w- look at your customer journey from the time they they encounter you, from the time they become aware of you, to the time they make a decision, look at that entire customer journey and look at the, every milestone that must be reached. From the time they consider, from the time they pay, and from the time they move on or go to the higher level, right? Yes. So, so even if it's reciprocal, there is always a way to cut down on the decision time, or maybe then create other offers where the decision time is not going to be that long uh, or not create other offers but create supplemental offers that's a good they, term they create supplemental offers that um, in addition to your main offer the one that you know keeps you going as a business entity as a business as a going concern create supplemental offers that can that that, that the the selling cycle time is much shorter does that make sense Mm-hmm. In other words, create supplemental office offers that you can attach to the primary offer. Exactly. Where this, the selling cycle is not that long. Or cut it in half. Mm-hmm. So next thing is, number five is pricing. Your pricing of your offers does not include enough margin. So what you don't may not uh, fully understand is that, yes, you may have a sale in the bank. You have that check. You have that uh, series of con- uh, checks coming in, your contract or your contract to service. What you may not understand is the time that it takes you to invoice, collect payments. It times for you to takes for you to maintain and promote your brand. It times for you to take for you to network, to travel, to have entertainment expenses, to to create um, this fertile soil for more leads. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. But times to create video content. The times time to create. Um, written content for mm-hmm. us, for business, for coaches, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I also want to go back to the point about the fact that um, there is a cost factor involved that the longer it takes you to prepare to do the piece that's going to actually pay you, mm-hmm. there's a dollar valuation there, a quantification value that a lot of us don't consider. We think it's just the cost of doing the thing, and we fail to realize that the time necessary in order to make that happen and the time necessary in order to collect and get paid on that and quantify all the costs. Right. Time is money. Travel time. Travel time. Uh, oh. Travel time, preparation time, uh, formatting time, mm-hmm. writing time. The Tools. Un- 
the unbillable research time, yeah. uh, learning time, right? Certification time. All those are business critical functions you must do, but you don't directly charge for them. Mm-hmm. So that's why your profit margin may be uh, too low. So reconsider your pricing. Yes. S- sixth thing that comes into the discussion is that your client targets are too low. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means that you may have sales and referrals and recurring revenue, but you are charging, you undercharging again. So consider working with clients right now who will value your offer, value your service, but you can charge higher price and see if you can charge higher price from them. And only focus on the clients that can support you at a higher price level. I know it sounds like a risk, right? You know, I, I have this other client and, you know, they pay me uh, intermittently or this low price. But consider the cost. You know, there's this one gentleman I heard. It takes just as much time to have a $100 sale as it is $10,000 sale. Now, that might sound a little bit preposterous. And you may disagree with me, John, or I don't know what are your feelings on this. But I agree with this. I mean, if you spend your time on your highest margin, high value, high ticket clients and provide the service that they will be afraid to lose you, they will be, uh, they'll continue to work with you. I think this is where we need to focus on. Does that make sense? I like the term. Think of yourself as high value yeah. and present yourself as high value. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the thing. And final thing is your offering is too small. And I think it's, it's what we talked about before, that you shorten the, the sales cycle uh, by, you know, by 30%, 40%, and you offer supplemental offers supplemental offers in addition to your main offer and you listen to your marketplace and you anticipate what your clients will need you anticipate their journey you anticipate their transformation and you follow through with their journey to make sure you meet their needs uh, and they grow with you does that make sense makes complete because what it is is you're not just a one-timer only Right. You become actually a component or a part of the team, right. and you become valuable to them because you come back to do refreshers, come back to give new information, come back to bring new products and services, and what you're creating is a long-term relationship with this individual right. that will pay both of you. That's right. So in in the ending and kind of a recap, the, the final parting thoughts on this is that the, the businesses that struggle the most are the ones that don't have a clear sense, concrete sense of their numbers. They're key performance indicators. Mm -hmm. They don't have understanding of the time required to make a sale. They don't understand what channel the the big sale came from. Who are their back customers? What is the lifetime value of the customer? Remember I talked about that, like, you know, your, your, your customer lifetime value. You don't understand the costs that are associated with each sale. You don't understand the gross, the, the, your, you know, your gross margins, your, your lead flow. If you don't have a good sense, on the numbers that come into your business, numbers that are going out and, and the numbers that stay, you will continue to struggle. Once you get a clear understanding, and it's not it's not to be ashamed of to know your numbers. It's not to be run away from to know no. your numbers. It's, it's a mental shift. It's a mental understanding. Remember you have told me, John, once you set it out, you embrace your intention, you set forth and you do things to make it happen 
you will be closer to your goal. Do you remember mm-hmm. we had that conversation? Yes. And what I'm saying is, if you're in business, you have to be make sure that your numbers are, you know, you're not, you embrace your numbers. You understand the mechanics of flow of your numbers because business is a science. You bring your art to it, but business is a science. So it's a business plus art creates success. Once you understand your numbers, you will understand the flow of revenue in and out and you will be able to scale up mm-hmm. that is my final thoughts on this john thank you again so much i hope you took some notes i did i took a lot and some I, would say copious and i hope that was beneficial <laughs> to your business and i cannot wait to see hear you and share additional insight in the future episodes john thank you thank you mark i'll see you next time and don't forget to speak brave